0: hello annie trenders welcome to the girl taku hosted by the ladies of anime trending we are back with another fun topic on the table my name is gracie and i am joined by hello i am Isabel, and
1: hello i'm jack i am not a lady but i am trans and queer so i think i count I'm a guest as usual.
0: (laughs) Yes, as you guys can see, uh, Agnes is not here today. So for that reason, we have called upon our lovely token male of the group. Token male. Um, (laughs) Is that okay with you to call you that?
1: (laughs) Token guy works. Okay,
0: token Token guy. not lady. (laughs) Token (laughs) not a girl. (laughs) Token not a girl to join us again today. Perfect. Uh, so, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about the best of Slice of Life anime, or in this case, our favorites and our personal picks for Slice of Life. Slice of Life as a genre is really, really interesting to me in the context of anime because I personally think that animation is one of the only mediums that can really, really really sort of rake in the best of slice of life, uh, slice of life stories. I think live action, when it is very much the life you live in, even with uh, astounding shots and good acting, which of course is rife with any sort of live action shows or movies, you still sort of lose the magic of finding something that, that happens in your life that you just didn't consider to be something of great joy or something to appreciate before because it is still too realistic in your mind that you can't help but sort of correlate it with your everyday life which every everybody's everyday life is filled with ups and also filled with a lot of downs but i think anime in particular with its ability to you know have different art styles to have vibrant colors in a way that you know real life actually can't do And with, you know, voice acting and character designs that are either really creative or really, you know, realistic or just fun, that sort of variety allows that bit of magic in slice of life genres to just really, really come through through the screen in a way that once again, I just don't think live action is able to bring to the table. So that's why I think the slice of life genre in anime is very, very important. And a very special genre for the anime as well. Because there's just so much to explore and to add with that drop of magical animation itself. Um, Jack, I know that you are a huge fan of watching (laughs) Slice of Life anime. So we're actually going to start with you today. And also that way I can uh, control how much you talk (laughs) when you start off. (laughs)
1: Good. That's important because I can talk for 30 have at all, listen to the podcast that I'm on. I can talk for like 30 to 45 minutes at a time, if I forget, <laughs> which will not happen today because the other two can actually discuss something this time. Ooh. But yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Slice of Life and exactly what you said. There's a lot of ups and downs in life, and it's fun to kind of see a more vibrant and generally positive and very lighthearted spin on what daily life can look like, right? Um, and so, me my general preference for genre as people probably know is like the cute girls version of slice of life just because cute girls make everything better um so the one that i'll bring up and i don't think this is going to be a surprise to anybody at all because it really kind of boosted and kicked off the cute girls genre would be kaon
0: ah uh, yeah definitely
1: <laughs> definitely my top five favorite anime um God, I don't do I. I don't even need to explain on do I? Like, I don't think you, I need to give it an introduction. I don't um, think so. But I will, considering I'll, I'll that, do a very minor one. Well, I was yeah. about to
0: say, considering that it won our Decade <laughs> of the Year award here at Anime Trendy, I think most I people listening people would know it. will have an idea of it. But I guess, just in case, we have anyone who's <laughs> listening who aren't as familiar with older anime. Because I'm sorry to say this, Kaon is an older, older anime. So my
1: heart. Oh god, what, 2009? That's old? Ouch. Oh god. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> god, I grew up, I, I watched Sailor Moon, man. What do you think? <laughs> it's like, well, how old is that one? Oh <laughs> uh, god, tough. okay, <laughs> K-On, yeah, k is a, it's a beautiful um music, cute girls, slice of life anime, which follows four high school girls just doing high school things, and they, you know, put together the light music club, they do they sometimes do music things it's adjacent to music for the most part um but it's really just a bunch of girls doing cute things in high school um and honestly the the first thing that drew me to it other than having a limited amount of anime to watch in 2009 um was the music like i'm always a sucker for music in my content anytime you kind of introduce music as part of something whether it's a video game or in anime I will absolutely be drawn to it. So I think that was kind of like the first thing that really stuck out to me is that it's so great in this anime. Like it rewatching, I rewatched it recently because, you know, back in 2009, I did watch it with the English dubs, which looking back on it, they were very okay English dubs, but, you know, it keeps a special place in my heart. And watching it like that, it reminds me of like the first times I had watched something like Angel Beats, which had a music festival section like Iwasawa had very important musical parts to that anime, and then stuff mm-hmm. like Haruhi Suzumiya, which also had, like, a very iconic uh, festival scene with God with God Knows, um, and, like, k kind of took those scenes that I really loved and then brought it to another level because now it's an anime that's about the music, it's about that high-energy fun, and then, you know, like, on another level, I think Slice of Life is powerful because it gives you kind of what you might have wish you would have done like i wish i did a lot of rock music stuff in high school i just played saxophone and like i didn't get to do cool rock music with That's that but pretty i wish cool. i did Sax-
0: I... <laughs>
2: is yeah cool.
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel like the saxophone as an instrument is just sexy you know i don't know why and how and it just is so.
1: <laughs> i think it's probably it's probably because of the uh careless whisper you know It's probably because of that song that makes it really feel sexy. But, yeah, like, it's... You don't... I also haven't really seen it in anime either, but it's okay. We'll talk about saxophone another day. (laughs) Kujin Rising. I'll give that to Medi. Medi... There's my obligation to mentioning Medi in every episode I'm in. He... Yeah, whatever. Argonivus. Anyway, Kaon. Back to Kaon. I really love the characters. They're all chaotic dumbasses. That's, like, my favorite character type. Mm -hmm. When you put together four and then five characters who just feed off of each other's stupid energy. I think that that's just a recipe for success. Like, I think we, I hopefully, I hopefully all of us nerdy types have friends who do that, where it's like, when we talk about one thing, it goes into a con like a very deep rabbit hole conversation, or really stupid ideas. Where we'll just come up with, like, the dumbest thing to do, like. Oh, I know what I you're saying. That... Like, when
0: we just start sharing yeah. one brain cell and it's just passing oh, around. Oh, dear God, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and I think that's, that's like the pinnacle of the K-On humor. When, I don't know, like, uh, like Yui and, um, and, uh, Ritsu, when they just come up with ideas and feed off of each other being really stupid. And then you get, like, Mugi coming in. And she just gets roped up in the whole thing. And then you have, like, the sort of, like, team moms trying to rope them all back in and be like, can, you, can we actually practice this time? Like, one of the main punchlines in Kaon is, can we actually do music practice for this <laughs> music anime? No? Okay. <laughs> Guess we're doing something else. Um, and that's really, I don't know, it's just such a well-done anime. And I think that it's also super important that, as you mentioned earlier that the lows do happen. So like when dramas happen, it's about characters figuring out something about themselves, something about their relationships with each other, having miscommunications, like very minor drama, but it's still drama. It still pushes the story forward and it still creates like relationship development between people like Yui's terrible at guitar and she just practices really hard at being good at guitar and like learning how to kind of like set standards for herself and learn that she can do things. Granted, she puts hard work into it. Like that's just, it's a very small character development, but it's, it's still wonderful because it still follows a narrative arc. It's not just villain of the week or it's not just kind of static characters doing things every day, like, like a, like a chibi short or something. Like, I think that it's important that it's still like, it might be fun, maybe more low stakes, but it still follows a kind of clear narrative structure. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Um, Your editor side also, is definitely oh, yeah. coming out right now. <laughs> it's the
1: funny thing. Oh God. Oh man. You know that best too. Um, and, well, I mean, speaking of editor side, actually, it's, it's one of the most impressive adaptations I've seen from a manga. Speaking of adaptations, you guys called me out for the Kobayashi thing and, uh, in a good way, in a good way. Um. You know, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for mentioning for me in that one. And to clarify, yes, I did drop that one for exactly the reasons you said. But like, now that we're talking about Kaon, it's like, it's a really impressive adaptation because, um, I actually watched or read the series after watching the anime, um, and I was like, okay, you know, it's a four coma, it's probably gonna be very light, very gentle, but there's so little actual like dramatic content in the manga. So the manga will do like, for example, I'll do an early one, like Yui needs a guitar, she needs to buy a guitar, they don't have money, but she needs a guitar. um, In the anime, they just go ahead and do like, oh, they got to do part time jobs, they have to do traffic sign stuff and it's really chaotic and funny and it creates the level of drama where it's like oh in the first half they don't have money in the second half you know they're going to get money somehow so they can get a guitar but you don't know kind of the in-between in the four coma i think it's literally like one page or one panel is like oh i don't have a guitar and then the next panel is like well Moogie's friends with the story oh i which see it's like kind anime, of like, but it kind of like more jumping around, jumps, around. yeah right uh-huh. it jumps right into the resolution of the story so like between I need a guitar and she gets the guitar, there's this whole section that writers had to design kind of a, a an entire episode basically around that idea of like, I need I have point A and point Z. Everything else is kind of a mystery. What do I design? And, you know, I was kind of just blown away by how much just sheer content they had written from this, you know, very basic but like really fun for a coma into a full a much fuller story. Um, What's funny yeah, is like
0: K.O.N. is also produced and developed at uh, Kyoto Animation. And, you right. know, Kobayashi is also created and produced and developed at Kyoto uh, Animation. And I was going to say that I feel like Kyoto Animation, as a studio, has been the one studio who's not scared to change up the content in their adaptation from the source material. You know, because there is like a bit of fear that we've talked about in our adaptation episode. There is a bit of fear of changing source material because, you know, there are fans of the source materials and sometimes fans don't react very well, to say the least, to these changes. But Kyoto Animation has like throughout the years been quite unafraid with changing what they have as a source material into something that works better for the animation medium itself. So that was an observation I thought of. Uh for Isabel I know you've seen Kaon and obviously Kaon is a huge huge staple to the animation community. Jack, you're absolutely right. It did very much change mm. the game in how slice of life anime, especially for a slice of life anime that features on groups of girls, you know, are written and, you know, animated nowadays. But did you um did you have any particular like sort of uh, investments or um love for it Isabel. when you first watched it or was this an anime that you kind of looked back on later and be like wow this was really special it's just i didn't realize it at the time i'm just curious because i'll share my own story after that
2: <laughs> oh yeah for me yeah i think it definitely hammered down on the you know cute girls doing cute things and adding in music so but yeah i watched it definitely not in Two thousand nine, so that was a little bit later. I think I should go back to it because I've forgotten most of it at this point. You know, at, I think the thing about slice of, yeah, the thing about slice of life is that you—it's really just the characters, right? Not so much the story that much. So I remember the characters very well, maybe the performances, stuff like that. So those are very memorable, and uh, that's pretty much what stands out to me. And I do agree that you know it's definitely a slice of life that it's easy for people to watch and get into, really. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. What's your favorite what your character, ex-
1: though? I, actually, I just jumped right usually, in. Who's your favorite? Yeah,
2: I was gonna ask you that too. Oh, um, per-
1: wait. Let's guess. You g- guess mine.
2: <laughs> going to guess Yui. That's that. That's all I can guess. <laughs> I that actually ain't don't it, know,
1: but it's all right. Uh, what would I guess for you? Azusa. Make a guess. Wild guess.
2: I forgot the black character. Is it Mio? I like Mio. Is that is that who you like too? Mio. Yeah,
1: she's yeah, she's actually my favorite too. Oh, okay, wait. Okay, so so it's everyone's favorite Mio? Is that yours too?
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I mean,
1: mine's. I yeah. I I think that's a good that's a good favorite character for all of us to have. I'm surprised by that. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I I feel like I mean,
0: they're all likable for oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something about Mio is just charming. I, th- <laughs> you know? I, mean, I think,
1: but I also think that you can't say that Mio is your favorite character without bringing up Ritsu, because they're just, they're just two peas in a pod. And I also ship them because obviously I do. And for me personally, it's like extra exciting because she's actually voiced by my favorite character, my favorite, my favorite character, voiced by my favorite character, voiced by my favorite <laughs> voice actor in both English and Japanese. So Christina oh. v does her voice in English, who, mm-hmm. you know, she voiced like Riven from League of Legends. She voiced um, like Shantae, a lot of other, oh, uh, Velvet from Tales of Berseria, And then, uh yokohikasa did her in japanese who does people like tomoe Uragawa, which is one of my favorite characters she's actually she's obviously very well known but i just i think that that's an actual an extra cool thing about that series where i'm like hey i actually know voice actors i'm very bad at knowing japanese voice actors but i'm like hey i know one there (laughs) there it is i know one
0: I think the uh, the interesting thing about Kaon is or at least for me, my experience with it was I watched it back when it came out. So that was Same like there, yeah. right before I ended up quitting anime temporarily because of the fact that I got too busy and I just didn't have the time to spare to watch eighteen anime series like I do mm-hmm. now. And so
1: I don't um, know how you have more time now. Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I find time, I force time, but anyway. Uh, what happened? What's interesting about Kaon for me is that at the time, I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't anything special to me. But I like, I just know that it made me happy whenever I watched it, and it made me happy, and ma- and it made me feel seen, and that was about the extent of it, and I didn't think much more of it. But as an adult, when I look back, I realize the reason why. I despite the fact that I said that, you know, it wasn't a big deal. It was just an enjoyable anime. This and I still but to still remember it even all the way to as an adult, I realized the biggest reason was I think that was honestly one of the first times I've seen just a group of friends who are girls who are just enjoying life and living life and trying to be as happy as they can. Yeah. Because, you know, in at least especially in US you know, drama shows, even if there are a group of girls, there's a lot of cattiness. You know, there's a lot of pettiness sort of thing. It isn't just, like, here are the friends and here's how the friends, uh, you know, spend their time every day. And so there was something really relatable. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so... There was something really relatable in the anime that I didn't recognize back then. But when I think back, I was like, I think that's why it stayed with me, despite the fact that I was like, oh yeah, it was cute, it was good, it was entertaining, but it wasn't a masterpiece like Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, <laughs> you know, or something like that in my head. Um, but now I recognize it for the <laughs> effect it has, and like, and it is a masterpiece in its own way because masterpieces all have different qualities that make them masterpieces uh so that's an excellent first choice um and a huge yeah. staple for sure so what's your <laughs> second choice
1: <laughs> there's something about that too those 2009 anime that just hit you somehow um yeah so my first choice is kaon i think that one was kind of a given for this context uh my second one is actually much more more recent for me uh it's a back camp or yuru camp so
0: Oh, that one, okay yeah
1: i finally finally got on top of it and watched I'm sorry. Disclaimer: I only watched season one this year. I I mean to get on season two, and I will. I promise. Just not soon enough. But yeah. So laid back camp. This one's absolutely wonderful. It's about cute girls going camping. That's the gist of it. Um, and have you guys seen this one yet? Should I do I give a lowdown for it at all?
0: Um. I mean, I've definitely seen it, and I think you've seen it, Isabel. Correct me if yeah, wrong. Yeah,
2: I actually haven't sadly oh you haven't oh, have no. it. oh <laughs> <Okay>. man <laughs> well okay
1: fine i thought it was fun at least to guess for the chaos stuff but fine then gracie what do you, who do you think is my favorite character in laid back Count?
0: okay i know you like the idiots <laughs> and i know you oh gosh is it do but I a like lot of the, the girls <laughs> Well, there, a lot of them are idiots. I, I mean, I guess Rin right. is the l- least idiotic one per se. So, um, is it not a Shiko or no?
1: N- no, it it actually is Rin. So it's Rin. A-
0: okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So I do like my idiots, but for some reason in the cute girls stuff, it's a it's a mixed bag. You know, like it's kind of the same reason why I like Mio a lot from uh, K-On, because it's like, I love that cool, calm, collected person, although Mio's a lot less of that. I really like that cool, calm, collected person, especially when it's paired with that over-the-top ganky girl. Um, And when you have that combination, it just kind of explodes, because opposites attract in a fun way that both sides are caught off guard, especially the cool, calm, collected one gets caught off guard way more often, and you know, just laughing at that is really fun because personally, I find myself to be that type of ganky type. So I just just start laughing when you throw somebody off guard who's usually just like perfectly calm, hopefully perfectly composed. Um, and I don't know, there's just something about the camping stuff that just feels so cozy mm. and so wonderful that it's like. It's just gentle, right? Like, when you watch it, you're just like, there's actually very tiny little bits of drama here. Sure, it, it's, it's definitely not as much as K-On! Where it's like, they cre- can create an entire dramatic arc. This one's just kind of like, they're camping. Here's how they figure out how they do camping things. Also, here's little snippets about camping tools and, like, how to make a campfire. Or, like, acorns talking at you in very cutesy voices. Like, it's just little tiny details that just bring laid back camp to life and then it's one of it's also one of those slice of life that is centered on kind of an area too so like it gives you more of an appreciation of like mount fuji for example or like some some actually real camping grounds um and it kind of it absolutely makes you want to go to japan and enjoy that scenery for yourself and like you know just try to figure out what these girls are talking about by how much they love all of you know how much they love the outdoors in Japan, and I'm just like, ooh, I definitely want to go camping. I say, as an introvert who absolutely doesn't want to go camping, but yet well, this anime I mean, really makes me want to do it.
0: Introvert, and she goes camping a An indoorsy a lot.
1: introvert who will an indoorsy introvert. <laughs> I will. Thank you. It's like yes, that's true. Let me uh, correct myself. I'm an indoor person. <laughs>
0: Well, I think you hit it on the, uh, you hit, what's the phrase? You hit it on the nail, hit you hit the, the nail, nail on, on the head. head.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'm
0: still learning English, ah. guys. Um, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head for Laid Back Camp. I, I'm i not a detailed person, so I honestly wish that I could describe exactly what Laid Back Camp did and mastered to provide that soothing, cozy atmosphere uh, to the viewers as they watch because on paper when you say it out loud or if you read like on paper what it is it sounds boring you know it's like a group of girls like to go camping and here's their little adventures when they camp and no nothing bad ever actually happens <laughs> and not even in like a like not even in a bad writing way like you know like you don't feel any like risk or anything it's just really like this is how they camp and this is where they win this is what they did and It honestly, on paper, and when you say it out loud, just sounds like something that's going to be slow and boring, but the way that, I don't know how they did it, and I wished I knew I can zero in on exactly what it is that they did, but when you watch it, it's slow, but in a comforting way that you don't really want the episode to end. You know, you just want to feel the steam on your face as they drink hot coffee and, you know, like drool over the food that they make during camping and stuff (laughs) like that. So they they found like some kind of formula that was perfect and translated it well on screen that made it really successful as a slice of life anime. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I think
1: that a lot of that and even my description, I was like, this is not doing this anime justice at all. Um, but I think a lot of this is attributed to like what Isabel said about Kaon, It's like, it's characters, right? Like, the mm, characters are yeah. what draw us into the yep. universe and we just kind of, we either relate to them or just laugh about it or we just enjoy them enjoying life. Like, again, I'm not an outdoorsy person, but seeing characters like Rin be super excited over everything related to camping and then kind of just like chill out completely when she's at school, if it's not about camping, she gives zero care. She doesn't want any of it. And then seeing like a newbie like Nadeshko pick up a new hobby and just kind of dive into it, it makes you feel really good about that. You're just like, oh, she's new at this, but she's really doing her best to kind of dive into it. And it's useful because you can use Nadeshko as your kind of self-insert in a way, where it's like, oh, I don't know anything about it, or like some of the side characters don't know anything about it. So it feels like we're right there, kind of like taking those steps with them, and i think that is something that slice of life does do very well and the best ones do it you know best and like i think even with characters the my favorite part is that none of them feel obligated to stay with each other like one of the major things about at least season 1 is and i think season 2 kind of hits this even harder um like solo camping is perfectly fine they don't have to be with each other to enjoy this like yes yes that was really nice with mm-hmm. just them yeah like that's it's, I think it's really important to like allow characters to kinda of develop on their own, even in a slice of life that's all about everyone kinda of being together, right? Like you can let people, you can let characters do their own thing and it's all great still. Like it, it doesn't mess up the flow of this anime's themes or like feeling at all.
0: You're gonna really enjoy uh season two, uh with your oh, good. note <laughs> on the yeah, solo <laughs> camp. Sorry, I interrupted you, Isabel.
2: <laughs> oh no, yeah, I just had a question, like we're in laid back camp are the girls like friends
0: beforehand
2: or do they become friends while camping or something or do they it's, all decide it's to- a wild camping mm-hmm. thing
0: yeah it's uh, a wild camping yeah. thing
2: oh okay it's, yeah no it's
0: good. really I cute it's really good and it's really cute it, it knows mm. what it's doing without a doubt <laughs> okay well thank you so much for sharing your two favorite i'm gonna go ahead and yeah, leap into sure. it and share mine do so, it my first favorite that I picked is called Tanaka Coon is Always Listless. I don't, I've missed on that watch one. List. Okay, okay. <laughs> I've mentioned it before and I forgot. Isabel, have you seen it or?
2: <laughs> I have only seen the first episode. And okay. I, I actually got a little bored of it because okay. of Tanaka. So, but yeah, I'd that's would Love to I hear, I hear it. it.
0: <laughs> okay, no no no, that's perfectly fair because what's funny is I also remember the first episode being a little too slow for my taste, but then all the episodes afterwards, I was like, oh, you know what? I dig this. I dig this a lot. So <laughs> basically, Tonika Kunu's always listless is about a protagonist named Tonika who is trying to be lazy as lazy can be. <laughs> like that's his life goal, is that. to Good sleep and be lazy. And his best friend is Ulta, who is an extraordinarily kind and proactive guy. But he's very tall and broad shouldered, and people mistake him to be scary all the time, despite the fact that he's probably the sweetest character (laughs) in the entire series. And, um,. And it's just following their shenanigans uh, every day on you know Tonika trying to find ways to be lazy, and then Ulta tagging the along, and them being a bro and having an, an incredibly cute bromance. This was one of the bromances I mentioned in our bromance episode. It's uh, it's it's really just the first episode that's slow, but all the episodes afterwards are just really, really great. And I think the reason why is in the first episode we only meet the two main characters, which you know, that's usually not advised to only have two characters <laughs> in the entire series, which is why when the second episode rolls in and we start getting introduced to other characters that are important to the story and important to Tonika's life is when things start getting really cute and fun and it's just hilarious. It's absolutely sure. hilarious. There's like... One of my favorite episodes is they do their haunted house thing for school festival and they they made Tanaka into a ghost where he can just sit there and they know that he's going to fall asleep. So to prepare for that, they like drew his like face to look really, really creepy when he closes his eyes. And so he just literally slept the whole time with everyone freaking out when they see him because of the way that his makeup was drawn. And there was like this hilarious sequence where afterwards he realized, you know, his class gets to take a break. And so he wanders around the school and you see all the school, shenanigans going on and one of them One of them was, like, because he's just trying to find a place to rest where there's not a lot of people. And he opened, like, the door to a hallway, and, like, a girl and a guy were just in the middle of making out. (laughs) He, like, walked in on him, and he, like, doesn't say anything. And then he just closes the door, but he forgot his, like, hand was there. So he closes the door, he goes, out. And he, like, hits his hand in the process. And it's, like, funny little things like this that just never makes Tanaka-kun old I've rewatched clips online all the time because of that. Like if I see a clip for it, I click it and I have to watch it because it's just so funny. It's so dynamic and it's and there's an atmosphere kind of like in laid back camp where in laid back camp it's you know soothing and warm and cozy, you know? But in Tana Cocoon, the atmosphere is just chill. And you can tell it from the colors too. Like the colors are kind of pastel-ish and like like pastel slash like neut- yeah, neutral and so because of that you just get a chill feeling like everything's going to be fine yeah. you know everything and it's everything's good everything's relaxing sort of thing which is exactly what tonica wants and so um and so i just think that Tanaka Kuhn is just a great example of a slice of life genre that milks every bit of their characters. Which you're right, Isabel. Once again, it is focused on the characters. So, <laughs> so I hope you'll watch it soon, Jack. And I I'll hope Isabel it. that you will uh, watch past the first episode one day. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: One of my friends was just like, oh, I know the only reason why you'll ever watch anything is if it's gay. And she's just like, I promise you, there's some gay feeling things here. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll put it on my watch list. That's the only reason why it's on my watch list.
0: Oh, uh, I can't really agree or deny that. I mean, there's
1: there's something that happens when you have a queer eye. You just see everything that's possibly gay. And I'm just like, close enough.
0: There was a really great scene where um, one of the girls who has a crush on Tanaka asked, you know, um, asked uh, Ulta, like, who Tanaka likes best, like, in a person and stuff like that. And Ulta, like, Mm -hmm. thought about it to himself. And he's like, who Tanaka likes best? And he's like, oh, my God, it's me. (laughs) And uh, and the girl even agreed. Close enough. The girl (laughs) agreed with him, too. The girl was like, oh, my gosh, you're right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's like some... God, what is? I forgot what it's called. But the the one with the manga creators, God, I forgot. It's that scene where they realize that in the the romance sim, the, it's the MC and the best friend who are the best pair together, and that's like one of the greatest scenes in any anime of all time.
0: God, what wait, is which one are you talking about? Yeah, Nozaki
1: Kun, Nozaki Kun. The that scene. Oh, it's, it's okay, like that was, okay. the, that was the same energy right there.
0: Oh my gosh, I love Nozaki Q. I already mentioned it in my best in comedy episode, so I'm not going to mention it again one. here.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, deserves, but that is it.
1: Deserves all the love, though.
0: So. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, so that is my first one. My second yeah. one, I am unsure if you guys have watched it or heard of it because I, at least in our community, this anime didn't really get big. I was mm-hmm. probably the only one who was posting about it on our socials. But it's called School Babysitters.
2: Nope.
0: Okay, I figured. Absolutely oh, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, nothing Did about Did not it.
2: catch on to that one.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I figured as much. So, um, so I'm glad I'm able to mention this then because I yeah, really, really love uh, school babysitters. So the premise of the story is basically that there is a boy and his younger brother who is like around toddler age, very young. And uh, essentially they lost their parents in a plane crash and but then they got adopted by this old lady who lost her own son and her own daughter-in-law in the same plane crash and because her son and her daughter-in-law never had kids she is just by herself and so she decided to adopt these two orphaned boys you know because they've lost their parents and she lost her she lost her children there's an understanding you know between the two of them and it follows, follows uh, Ryuichi's life as he attends this new school with, um, with like, new classmates and everything and a, new fam- a brand new family. And he ends up joining something called a babysitter club, which that club is essentially, like, an internal school daycare for teachers who have, like, young toddlers. And the toddlers get looked after. And he attends by like babysitting them and you know it's really really cute and heartfelt and there's a lot of shenanigans that happens. But I think School Babysitters is that slice of life anime that combines the comedy lightheartedness alongside the more emotional, the more down part of life. Which makes sense because it's baked in Ryuchi's backstory. Ryuji is like middle school age. But I think the thing that touched me the most about this anime is how nice the classmates are. They all know that he went through something tragic, and they never at any point in time seem to... Like, they never show pity, and they are very careful to essentially never really mention it or harp on the fact that's like, you know, oh, it must be so hard that you lost your parents or stuff like that. They never do that. It's just... Sometimes when he remembers, you know, he no longer has his parents and there are situations that he has to look out for now. For example, one of the episodes, um, you know, Kotoro, his little, his little brother, still very much believes in Santa Claus. And it was a huge thing when he was a kid Aww. that his dad would dress up in a Santa Claus outfit and stuff. And so, obviously, his dad is dead now. Well, their dad is dead now. And so he was like, you know, I need to find, like, a Santa Claus outfit somehow. It sounds and, you familiar. Know, yeah, like take. Did you place- write this for
1: the Christmas listicle? Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, that's yeah exactly, okay. Yeah. I was just
1: yeah. like, this is this like <laughs> every like everything is sounding a little more familiar now.
0: Yes, no, that's. I think it's check just, out that our was- Christmas listicle. Yes, <laughs> it's just that was one of my favorite scenes because you know right, he just yeah. he just mentions it, you know, explain like what happened, and his classmates just kicked into gear you know like they're just like oh I like my dad I think has a has a Santa costume that you could use and then someone was like maybe I can buy it for you and stuff like that and it's that sort of like you know uh. unrestrained kindness to immediately like just leap in action for your friend who who it's a topic that's kind of sensitive but also a topic that's you know something that's supposed to be joyful and so in the way that they just leapt into support for him about it was just really really incredible and yeah like the classmates never treat him differently because he went through something tragic but they're also mature enough to know that he did go through something that's something that not a lot of people understand so if he needs that support they're ready to jump in to do it and I just really really love that aspect of it in this slice of life of course the babies are adorable <laughs> the toddlers it's are amazing. adorable you should look up pictures of them they are some of the cutest characters i have ever seen <laughs> and they act like children they genuinely act like toddlers so they have very black and white thinking which leads to a lot of misunderstanding because they're kids and they only have black and white thinking so one of the girls is a sundere, and oh, no. she and she says like you know I'm not I don't particularly like Ryuchi sort of thing and the little toddler girl was like oh my god do you hate him then because you know <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't see any right. differences between like it like you know there's nothing between you either like him or you hate him there's there's something else and so she's right <laughs> and so when like and so when she had to clarify it she was just like you know uh, when she had to clarify in front of an entire class mind you on top of that which is even funnier uh, but she had to clarify he's all i don't hate him so she just blinks and she goes so you do like him then and she's in a class of teenagers who know what the other like means (laughs) and so it's just that sort of interactions with the kids is really cute we if anyone has siblings i'm sure you guys will relate to the siblings that are being shown there's kotaro and ryuchi they have the more loving sibling relationship (laughs) I, i mean all of the siblings obviously love each other but in this case like the more loving sibling that like Ryuchi is always really patient and he's always willing to let Kolturo have what he wants and Kolturo is more withdrawn so he's not a troublemaker you know he tries his best and the few times that he's caused trouble was completely unintentional you know he's a kid a very very young kid, baby he's basically a baby and he did it because he wanted to help than anything bad but then we have another set of brothers called Kamitani and Taka, and they fight. <laughs> they are the siblings that fight with each other, and even the fights are really, really <laughs> realistic, and it's really cute because Taka-
1: Taka realistic, says the single child.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's a good point, but that being said, it's because I've been reading a lot of comments. Uh, Near-valid. <laughs> but like taka there's like this hilarious scene where because he looks up to his older brother a lot but he's kind of a brat he he's raised by a single mom so he's not as disciplined not because the mom is a bad mom but because the mom is busier because she is a single mom so i need to make that clear before anyone jumps to assumptions but basically he's a brat and he's not as disciplined And so he, like, tends to throw fits and stuff like that. And his older brother just does not have the patience or the time for it. And will, like, just wrangle him underneath his arm and pin him and be like, all right, we're leaving, you know, sort of thing. And it's just really funny to see that dynamic. I don't know. I I just ranted a lot. But basically, I know School Babysitters (laughs) isn't a big anime that people really know about. So... I just want you guys to be aware that there is an incredibly, incredibly cute slice of life that has a lot of heart and it has a lot of comedy. And if you like seeing chibi babies in anime form with the most adorable anime voices and giggles, one of them literally made me just melt into a puddle of hearts because of how cute she is, like that little girl toddler. Um, I think you guys would just really, really enjoy it. So yeah. That's my host spiel.
1: (laughs) I don't think I've heard Gracie's voice hit that many high registers for, like, that long. There was just so much high pitch from Gracie today. That was amazing.
0: Uh, I, I, well, first of all, I have a lot of energy because I just got out of one of my worst parts of my day jobs that I will not talk about in this podcast so um but yeah basically I I am really excited about School Babysitter so I think it is really well done and really well written and it's sad that not a lot of people know about it so wanted to give it a highlight. Anywho enough about me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Isabel it is your turn I'm gonna shut up now you just take the reins and go. <laughs> I still
2: have one aqu- I do want to know like and while you were watch- watching that show did you ever think that hey I can be a babysitter or do you like children in general I
0: do I really That's like children question. but I don't I think I can babysit a kid I don't think I'm gonna be able to babysit a whole group you
1: can't be of
0: a baby them. wrangler a baby wrangler no <laughs>
1: yeah baby wrangling for you
0: right. <laughs> I also think okay this is gonna sound a little weird or maybe it's not weird because I'm an only child so I don't know but <laughs> um as a kid I was better at you know sort of taking charge of a group of younger kids and you know um, babysitting them essentially. So potlucks are a big thing in Asian culture and you know yeah. Chinese people are, are no difference from that fact and so I also experienced a lot of potluck as a kid and I am one of the older kids in the potluck so I tend to get staffed with uh, you know babysitting duty when the other families come because the parents want to hang out and they want to play cards and you know they want to talk and stuff like that and i never minded that as a as an older kid and so like one thing i did in a potluck party that surprised all the parents was I actually organized like a, a Christmas uh performance really like uh spontaneously. Oh, that's yeah, cool. <laughs> and really? I like we like did a performance with the uh, with the instruments for the parents and then one of the girls had just learned how to read, and so we uh so we had so I had one of the other girls to play the piano like silent night and just have the girl who just learned how to read like read silent like silent night the lyrics as a performance and um and I did this whole performance thing the parents absolutely adored it I got a lot of praise that night from my mom for like doing what I did on organizing something like that because she did not expect that from me at all but in a weird way as I got older I feel like it's become harder for me to understand what kids want and how to best interact with them and group them together to get them to listen. Like in a weird way, as an older kid, it was easier to get the kids to listen to me than it is as an adult to get them to listen to me. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I totally get yeah, that. Yeah, I think that. Makes so a lot I'm on of that sense, end. Yeah.
0: So it's like, in a way, it's also kind of sad because I felt like I lost something <laughs> as an adult. You're an adult now. They
1: don't trust you. That's all it is, I think.
0: Oh, you think that's the reason? <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean, maybe
1: like for me, and being somebody who did grow up with older siblings and especially older cousins, I'm the second youngest in my family. There, I think there is, even if you're both like teenagers or even if you're both, close enough to the same age, it always did feel like there was a wall or like a gap between me and my siblings. Like my siblings Mm -hmm. are um, five and six years older than I am. The closest cousins in age to me, um, the older one is about two years ahead of me. So even though we were very close in age, it still felt like there is that kind of gap there. And even if for you being an older side or like now that you're more of an adult, but even if you were like talking to someone who was, I don't know, Just like two years younger than you, or something. You do still feel an age difference, especially maybe on your end as you become more aware that you are an adult. So I think that is there is a difference there.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's basically my stance on babysitter. Oh, but (laughs) I'm guessing. Okay, I'm guessing right now, from how you two have reacted in the past, that both of you two think babies are cute? Yes? No? Yes? I love babies, yeah. Okay, yeah, I figured. Because um, <laughs> I remember was you writing once, I love babies, I <laughs> like an emoji. So, <laughs> um, But what about you, Isabel? Are you, like, would you be able to be a babysitter, you think, of, like, a group of kids like that, or...
2: Absolutely not. That's why.
0: (laughs) I cannot. You think Uh, either of us can take care of ourselves on our own? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a fair
1: question. (laughs) Not to discount you, Isabel, but that's just how I feel. I assume you felt the same way.
2: Yeah, exactly. And like, I feel like kids these days don't... I don't know. Yeah, Like you said, Gracie, I don't know what's going on in their heads. The last time I tutored, kids were pulling my chair. They're making fun of me, and I was like, I I can't hurt oh, you. No. I can't do anything oh, to you, so, so I have sad. to go along with this. Um, but that actually leads me to my first oh, pick, perfect. which is uh, Barakamon. Um... And I relate to I relate to uh, the main character Honda so much because he is a city boy who is banished to the rural areas, <laughs> and so he is stuck in a rural area with rural kids. And I related to him so hard because of how. The kids have so much energy, especially Naru, uh, who's basically kind of like the leader of the kids, I feel like. And she's very fearless. She loves touching bugs. She's like, she doesn't care about anything, throws bugs in your face, stuff like that. And obviously, Honda is like, ew, gross, get that away from me. And he's like throwing things around. So yeah, that's that's the reason why I love that show so much, because it's so funny and I relate to it a lot. but. Just the fact that the children, they just make everything so silly, like everything so dramatic on the island. I feel like. Like not only the bugs, but then just kind of seeing a mosquito slapping it around or just trying to fish, but having a great idea about fishing. Um yeah, there's that one episode where Naru thinks that to catch many fish, she'll just put many hooks on the fish. Oh my yard. gosh, I
0: remember that now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I love
1: this child already.
2: Yeah, and then, you know, one of the older teenagers makes fun of her for that, like, hey, you're not going to catch any fish with that. And Nari's like, try me. She's like, you know, bring it on. I'm going to definitely catch a lot of fish with this. And she's determined to make that happen. Right.
0: I think Barakamon is one of the anime that best captures the precociousness of children. Like, it really, like mm-hmm. that energy you were talking about, it really comes through in that anime. <laughs> like,. <laughs>
1: Kids can be chaos, and it's good when anime really illustrates that.
2: Definitely chaotic. Um, Like one thing leads to another. I think Honda is like pulled into many what the kids are doing. Since some of the scenes is just him and the kids, like trying to swing on like a vine through the trees or something, and he's like, "Oh my god, I I thought I was gonna die!" And the kids are freaking out too, and he's like bleeding, and he's like, "It's okay, I'm fine. I can just bandage this up." But the kids are freaking out even more than he is. And they, and they start finding like a, like a mugwort, I, which I guess is a, like a plant, a medicinal plant maybe, or some type of plant. And they start bashing it like, oh, put this on your forehead. You'll feel better. It's like those little like things that they take, like little actions like, oh, this is a band-aid. Put it on, you know, fix it and everything. Like they work together. And I feel like Honda's like pulled into that energy too. So he kind of becomes a child sometimes. And... Which helps him because he gets inspiration from it to go back to his calligraphy, which is what he's supposed to be doing.
0: And he also got some forced inspiration from one of the Yaoi fangirls, secret Yaoi fangirls. Amazing! <laughs> mm-hmm. That was probably one of the best reviews I've ever seen. <laughs> like...
1: yeah, it's just pure chaos. Yeah, when
0: he was
2: <laughs> reviewing the like manuscripts from one of the girls, or just realizing what these girls were into and he was like shocked i thought that was hilarious oh yeah i
0: remember he was like have like has this many ages like passed by between me and like the younger people (laughs) And so, but he's like i don't feel that much older (laughs) yeah no
2: right he's definitely not that much older but he feels like there's this gap and he also feels dumb because there's some things that he doesn't remember to do or like old stuff like using an old rotary telephone he tries to push it like it's like a touch phone or something and it doesn't try work. to put any
1: of us in that situation please <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey remember when we had cell phones that flipped open
1: <laughs> gotta remember to do your, your t9s man come on
0: oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> yes i remember that oh god Oh jeez. Okay, we don't need to remember this. We're we're not old yet. What are we're not that enough? old. We're not old. So... Okay, that's all. Isabel
1: honest... and I aren't.
0: Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: okay, love you, I, Gracie.
0: I'm not buying you on that.
1: Sorry, alright, recording stops, get him off of the recording and go on. <laughs>
0: Oh, jeez! All right. So that's a that's a great pick, Isabel, for your first one. Definitely. Also, Putting that I think... on the list, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Put that on your list. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's your first pick. What do you have for your second pick?
2: Yeah, the second pick I had is uh, Mushishi.
0: I do not uh, know. Have either of you seen it? I don't know that
2: one.
1: But I also don't know a lot of anime, but uh, go for it. I want to hear
2: Oh, yeah. I thought you'd seen it, Gracie, maybe. It's a lot like...
0: Shishi? Um...
2: Mushishi, sorry. M M U S Oh,
0: okay. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Okay, yes. Continue. I know the title. Don't know it
2: at all. But yes, I like that one because it's a little different. It's not like, you know, those comedic slice of life that we've been talking about or cute girls and stuff like that. It's kind of a little bit more on the serious, supernatural, mysterious side, I would say. And uh, it's very, very Slice of Life because you can kind of watch any episode of Mushishi without watching the other episodes. You could watch episode 19 and then watch episode 2 or something because each story is different. And so I think it captures that original definition of Slice of Life and episodicness. Uh, and Mushishi really is about one character. We follow Ginko. He is the master of Mushi in this world. Uh, Mushi is kind of like, I don't know how I would describe them. They basically don't exist in our world because they're kind of like supernatural little beings that kind of float around in space. Um, and they're they are usually like rooted in nature. So usually Kinko is going around to villages and towns and like kind of telling the story uh, or at least He's usually trying to fix a problem, too, that the village may be having, or maybe there's a problem between husband and wife, or someone disappeared. Kind of like those uh, kind of mysteries that he's trying to solve, and then also trying to explain it uh, with the Mushi. Like, this this is the reason why the Mushi act this way, or something, and you need to do this, or something. In a sense, it's kind of like a supernatural, kind of like shaman type of character, I feel like and i don't know i just feel like it's so calming just to watch every episode i also really like the music i think that is a real call out because the music kind of capture or like capture the feelings that you might get from seeing the mushi popping around or um just like moving around and things like that um so i think just watching one episode you'll definitely get the feel for it so you'll definitely know like is this something you'll continue watching or something you know you're you're gonna have more questions about. So,
1: does the soundtrack like what drives that calm ambiance for you?
2: I think it does. Yeah, the opening is very slow, um, and then the opening doesn't do anything crazy either. It's kind of like just a snapshot of just leaves and like the sun peeking through the leaves. So it's very, very calming and very slow, which sets the pace of the whole series. Really, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, Mushishi is really, really good. It's it's very different in atmosphere, definitely from all the other uh, slice of life anime. It's a much She's more mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mysterious ambiance, like it's mystical. It's still calm, but it's a mystical calm. It's it's quite different, and um, definitely not the chaotic, funny, you know, <laughs> or the um, or the more heartfelt, or even just the more like comfort, uh, you know, that we were talking about. Is it's really mystical, but. And the good news, it is critically acclaimed. Uh, critics, or professional reviewers, really, really love the series. But yes, I don't think a lot of people know about it. But it is incredibly good at what it's trying to convey. And it's very unique in the slice of life genre that it, it nails it. It nails that sort of episodic feel of there's mystical things around us every day. So there are stuff that is unexplained in life. But... That's kind of what makes life beautiful at the same time. Like that sort of feel.
2: Right. It just has that more like folktale type storytelling that you might see Mm in Uh, old, maybe ancient stories, you know, when they didn't have television or stuff like that, right? They, you know, make up stories about these things and that's how we get the stories that come from them or any types of myths, I guess. Uh, That's kind of the storytelling. I get the feeling at least uh, from watching that show.
1: Yeah, it does sound very different, but you know, like you said it does sound like an enjoyable call
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. i don't know like jack uh you like supernatural uh anime right yeah so this this probably would fit really well up your alley yeah (laughs) yeah
1: definitely put it on the list yeah
0: i feel like you're just adding uh, your list is just getting longer and longer as we speak so
1: you know like the the page i have a page of like anime to watch and Gracie like literally made me create another one because of just how many recommendations no she had and
0: I was like oh, I I'm, I'm sorry, don't have you are very time. behind and I watch fifteen anime series a season. Yeah. Oh
1: <laughs> boy. But, you know, it's it's always good to have many more, you know, examples to look at. And this one definitely sounds up my alley in a very different way. Um and I think it's it was really interesting to mention the critical acclaimedness, especially because it's something that doesn't seem to be as popular as some of the other stuff we've mentioned that, you know, critics can find something to be really good, but then it's just not popular for some reason. Um, Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think that's
1: kind of useful in, in a, in a way because it's like, ah, it drives you to look at kind of more niche things that people really like. Um, yeah. And not honestly, there's something on, as you said with like, ah, I'm so behind on things. Um, on the other side of things, something that doesn't look as good or like is not as critically acclaimed, but I absolutely loved was a uh, farewell, my dear Kramer is it's it's just girls doing soccer, but they're all really stupid high school girls in the vein of like Kaon where it's like these are more realistic high school girls than the ones that get along really well in other slice of lifes. That one does not look pretty. The pacing is really off. But there's just something, there's a charm to it about the characters that really drives it, for me. I suspect,
0: um, I, well, obviously the art is definitely n- not on the story that is on no, the actual animation and the yeah, production. That's not but, their
1: fault. It, it it does really detract from how good it could be. But it is one of those things where it's like, whenever we look at these types of slice of life, it's like, what are we... What is the part that we're really interested in? Is it truly the characters? Is it actually the how good the design looks because it's like Kion looks really good, Kobayashi looks really good um and yet Kramer really doesn't look good, but for some reason, I finished it, and I was like, this is really great because the characters just drove the whole thing, and I think that's really I think that's also what's really fun about slice of Life because you said that mushishi right you said that that one just doesn't yeah. feel quite like a slice of life like these other ones do, and yet it's still kind of finds its niche and finds its, like, audience and theme in something that's comforting in a much different way. That was kind of the point I was making.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's a great yeah. way to yeah. end our point. <laughs> yeah. So, on that note, somehow it worked. <laughs> how coinciding, right? So, um, so we ended off last week on a cliffhanger with Agnes's story. Um, yeah, Ag- <laughs> you weren't here, Jack, but in case you didn't know, oh, uh, there was a mysterious cat, which is also perfectly in line with the Mushishi world. Maybe she stumbled into that world. For all we know, we just don't know. You a guide, boys, <laughs> <laughs> but there was a mysterious cat, and she ran from it. And now we're not. We're not not gonna know what she did afterwards so uh yeah where'd she go jack do you know where she went
1: <laughs> <sighs> i'm not really sure i'd like to say that she probably got called back to france i think they really need, her, need her back there for some reason she just like jetted right over it didn't explain a thing just went
0: oh, man. hopefully she'll explain I- that
1: to you guys you know next week
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, (laughs) thank you everyone for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed listening to us talk about our favorite slice of life anime and why we like them so much. And I hope you guys will be with us next time when we talk about our next topic and we continue Agnes' story in France. Bye, everyone. Later. Bye.